My name is Sky, NFT survivor turned content creator. And I'm Aiden, addicted video gamer turned content creator. And you're listening to Kaizen, the weekly podcast where we talk about ideas, relationships, and the human condition. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is the time. <laughs> here we are. All right, let's go. <laughs> Learning. Um, Aiden is here, and Aiden has done a bunch of research, reading different books. He's even written an article recently on the art of learning, and we're here in the 21st century. We're uh, sophisticated, somewhat smart, ape monkey things, and we want to know how to learn. Good, because, you know, we've got all this new technology, Aiden, and I want to know how I can use it in the best way. And I want to frame what I mean by learning, because um, I heard this quote by Alex Hermosi, and he said that learning is when you're in the same circumstances but you change your behavior. This is me being very serious mm. here. So like, for example, me in Utrecht, you know, I've been here for two years and I think three months or something. You know, I came here, I watched anime. Um, I did some drugs maybe potentially went to parties. <laughs> um, kind of, you know, there were, there were days where I struggled to get out of bed. Like uh, for, I'd be in bed and then I'm like, <clears throat> two hours go by. All right, fine, I'll get up. But now, you know, I don't go to parties. I do different things. You know, I, I get up right away. You know, what I'm saying is it's the same environment, but the behaviors change. So that's mm. what I mean by learning. That's a very concrete, like, example. And then also what Alex Ramosi said is that intelligence or how smart you are is how fast you learn. So for mm. me, you know, I was pretty dumb. It took me, like, I think, what, a year <laughs> to be productive. Mm -hmm. Um, in some ways, you, you get what I'm saying. But the faster you go, the faster you iterate, the quote-unquote faster you learn. So that's my working definition. And I'm going to ask you, what would you consider learning? And also, mm -hmm. um, can you answer? Yeah. Wow, that was a wonderful framing. Uh, so what you're saying is when you got to Utrecht, you were first doing marijuana and now you've learned to do crystal meth and harder drugs oh, and heroin, instead. bro. You got to get, it. <laughs> all right, let's go. Take oh, it all the way. That's a, that's a great frame. I think let's step back one moment before defining what learning is and talk about why we should want to learn how to learn in the first place, because surprisingly, this is not taught in most universities, nor is it talked about in common conversation the art like of learning how, you mean. the art of learning yeah. exactly like meta learning is what it's called so there's three main reasons that i think are super important the first is learning is just fun we have evolved to learn because when we were surviving on the african savanna if we didn't memorize all of the plant species the times where certain animals would be in certain places weather patterns, we would have died. <laughs> so learning is just fun. We still learn all the time. Think about why video games are so enjoyable. They are literally learning machines. And that's why we play them, even though they don't have real life output. Secondly, learning to learn effectively helps you learn faster. Oh, who would have thought? <laughs> so if you can learn faster, then you can use your learnings more quickly, more effectively, and get any of the benefits from doing that. And then finally, learning is more important than ever because the world is changing faster than ever. In the last 20 years, think about this. This is crazy that we take this for granted. The internet didn't even exist to the extent that it does where like everyone's using it 20 years ago. Isn't that insane? Mm. Like 
literally before that, a uh, thousand years ago, if you went, if you looked at a span of like 500 years, the amount of technological progress just, it was significant, but it wasn't nearly to the same significance as it is now. So I think, what you need to the learn. Thing invented? I think it was like a hundred ish. Oh, it years. was uh, invented. Yeah. Right. And uh, the Wright brothers in like the, uh, the first AV, the first act of aviation for more than like five seconds was 200 years ago. I think around, yeah. uh, a and little bit we, less than we've been to, we have, we have a robot on Mars, right? I think we yes. do. That, yep. Like what? What is going on, bro? <laughs> I know, isn't that the hockey stick graph of? Okay, exactly. Then yeah, learning. So is those are the we three so reasons. Yeah, yeah. Now, what is learning? That's a good question because traditional education defines learning in a very negative way. So I'll give their definition, then I'll give mine, and I'll compare it to Alex Ramosi's. Traditional education, in general, sees learning as knowledge transfer. I say stuff. You get it, and you instantly learn it somehow. Verbatim, not instantly, word for word. but like but you, you machine. pretty much. Now, not all education sees learning like this, but it is, if you look at how we're tested, how we're evaluated if we learn, a lot of it is just memorization. What I see learning as comes from a fantastic two books. First, How People Learn by Nicholas Shackleton Jones and then design for how people learn. And the definition they use is learning is change in behavior or capability as the result of memory. So an example would be, I am learning to use new tennis move in my play. So I learn how to do a spin with my tennis racket by slicing instead of hitting it straight on. And then in the next practice session or like rally that I'm doing, I use that spin over and over again. Now I have, uh, that is learning because I've changed my behavior as a result of memory. In this case, it's not propositional knowledge. It's, it's a tacit knowledge, like just knowledge of, you know, moving, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> It's not like I could really explain what I'm doing in words as well as just doing it. Mm -hmm. But that is what he would, that is what Shackleton Jones defines as learning. And I think that's similar to what Alex Hermosi is Change saying. Change in behavior in as a result of yeah. memory. Change yeah, in behavior sense. as a result okay. of memory. Yeah. Um, can you say Alex Hermosi's definition one more time? The same circumstances, yeah. different behavior. Mm. You walk into the okay, store. So th this time you didn't buy chocolate. You come home. You're in the same house. This time you meditated. Um, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're doing a phone call, sales call. You've done that before, but this time you are kind to the person and you, you focus so on th them. There is an important difference in, in, in Alex Ramosi's definition, and that is it doesn't emphasize memory as, as much as Shackleton Jones. And the yeah. reason that's important is because there's – there's uh if, if in Alex Ramosi's definition, if you took a checklist and gave it to someone for like how to do a task and they followed that step by step, in Alex Ramosi's definition, they would have learned they're learning because they're doing things differently by following the checklist. But in Shackleton's Jones definition, they haven't learned anything because 
by definition, by, like by following a checklist, they don't have to memorize what it is they actually have to do. Perhaps, but I do think that Alex, uh, Alex's definition is it's more intuitive. And you are, of course, you're looking at the subtleties of what he does. But like, it makes a lot of sense when you just say it. You're in the same circumstances, but you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the other definition, I don't know. I don't understand it right away when I hear it. Change in behavior or capability as a result of memory? Yeah, but it's more complicated. Like it's it's yeah. less. I want to speak. I want to be a five year old and understand. And Alex, Alex's is, is yeah. more understandable. I can see where you're coming from, but I do think. How do we learn, Aiden? I don't care about the definition. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> how do we learn it? Well, that's too too broad for me to go off of. Like, it, okay. I don't even know what we're learning. I like, want to uh, be uh, Einstein, super genius, Elon Musk, but also like a business entrepreneur who's also jacked, who can code and knows like sex, se- seven different languages. Just like make it happen. Like, I'm, I'm asking, all I'm asking you, bro. It's a simple question. Basically, you want to be God. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Um, can we give a concrete um, learning path? To make it, you know, I guess, easy for you to describe how this should be done. Um, But I want it to be a Mm -hmm. fun learning path. Um, So Mm -hmm. let's say that you want to become a stand-up comedian. And you want a Netflix special in three years. And you need Mm -hmm. to learn comedy from scratch. And you know nothing. And you spent 25 years alone in your closet you can speak English, but <laughs> like these are the circumstances, okay? <laughs> and now we need to make that Netflix special happen, Aiden. How do we learn comedy? Is this a good... I love the energy. This is a is fantastic this... setup. Is this a good I setup? This. No, I like this. Yeah, three years. Okay, so three in any learning endeavor, in, th- in any learning endeavor, the first step should always be figuring out the why. Why are you trying to learn this thing? What is the purpose? try and get as clear cut as possible on what your goal actually is. Because think about it. If your goal in this comedy special is I want to become the best comedian in the next two weeks and nobody's going to stop me. Your learning path is going to look a lot different than if you want to become the best, uh, a really good comedian in the next three years. Right? So you Mm -hmm. need to define your why that's essential. Right? The second step, once you've defined your why, is is to do some preliminary research into what is the best way to learn this thing based on what other people have done. Because, Sky, you're not going to believe this, but guess what? What? You don't have to reinvent the wheel. No. Isn't that incredible? I know. So you can check, you can see what other people have done. Look for a book, look for a look for some videos, look for some courses, look for some articles, look for some podcasts, right? Just just do some basic research into what other people have done. And importantly, the amount of time you spend in this stage should be proportional to how long your learning endeavor is. Right? If you're gonna do if you're learning something for two weeks, you don't have to do that much research into how to learn it because the mistakes you make in this stage aren't going to be as important, right? But if you're going to do something over three years, you should spend some time figuring out how do you actually learn this effectively because that's mm. three years that you're going to invest yeah. right, into learning this thing. 
once you've done that, you've found some preliminary research, then and only then do I think that you're ready to figure out what your learning path is going to look like. Because keep in mind, the, the reason that we set the why first and then we didn't define the learning path is because you don't actually know how to learn this thing, right? I mean, if you're going into comedy and you've never done any research before into how to do it, you don't even know what you don't know. So you have to do that initial research to figure out what it is that you don't know. And then step three is to create a learning That's a big plan. one. Can we stop there for a second? Yeah, yeah. Stop there for a second. Um, you don't know what you don't know. It's a quote yeah. it reminds me of. It's like there are known unknowns. Unknown, unknown. What is it? There are known knowns. So there's things we know. There's yeah. unknown unknowns. There's things we know yeah. we don't know. And then there's unknown unknowns. There's things we don't know we don't know. So like with me for acting, for example, I didn't know what script analysis was or a monologue or a beat change or Stanislavski or Lee Strasberg mm -hmm. or, you know, all of these techniques or sense memory exercises. I didn't know that they even existed. And, you know, with yeah. comedy... You know, I didn't yeah. know what a setup was or a punchline or a callback humor or the rule of three. I didn't even know they existed. So what you're exactly. saying now is you have to do some of this preliminary research because like it's uncharted territory. It's like imagine yeah. if, you, if you'd been born. Okay, hypothetical. You're 15 yeah. years old. You go to Europe. Um, you lived for 15 years in a closet. <laughs> this is yeah. what And you show up, but you don't know about Spain or Europe or anything or, or, or baguette. Um, so yeah, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, I'm I'm really good at this. I'm a good podcaster. I, no, that was incredible. That you you add such energy and spunk um, to this podcast. It's absolutely lovely. I got no, ten like, hours of sleep for two days in a row. I'm recovering. I can tell you seem yeah. just so alive. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think a good analogy to describe what you just said is like it would be as if you wanted to chart into the Americas when it was never explored. And bef uh, and you set your entire plan for how you were going to explore it before before you even like embarked and set onto yeah. the into the land. Yeah. You're like, this is where we're going to canoe. This is where we're going to camp. And and then you're like, sergeant at arms next to you is like, but captain, we don't even know if there's water there. Like and you're just like, the desert. <laughs> like oh, it's a desert. whoops. <laughs> Yeah, whoopsie daisy, that didn't work out. So that's why you have to do the preliminary research first. Then we set our learning plan. The learning plan, my favorite way to set it, is to do reverse goal setting. This is a counterintuitive way to goal set to what most people, most people when they goal set, they take where they are now, they see where they want to go, and then they define steps to get from where they are now to where they want to go in a linear fashion. I do the exact opposite. I take where I want to go, see where I am now, and then I go backwards from where where I want to be and set goals backwards until I reach where I am. So let's give an example. Let's say for this comedy thing, like you wanted to be a really decent, great, I wanted to be a great comedian. A goat. At like a goat, right? So in order to be a great comedian, you got to be doing some stand-up specials, right? Otherwise, you're clearly clearly something's wrong if like you're you're a month out from your three-year goal and you haven't done any yeah. stand-up specials so one of the first goals i would set is like have done like three stand-up specials or something like that before like a couple of months before the three three-year mark okay what do you need to do a stand-up special well 
likely you'd probably have have needed to do one stand-up special to do three all right I'd, yeah. I'd, that'd be a little impossible so maybe another goal a couple months before that is have done one stand-up special what do you okay, mean well, for that what is okay in, i need jokes what is inside of a stand-up special i need jokes how do i practice my jokes i need to do open mics okay so how about i set the goal of like have have gone to this many open mics by this time or something like that um okay. now and then you keep doing that until you're all the way where you are now now all of the goals that i just set were measurable goals however you don't have to set measurable goals you can also set like break uh, uh breakthrough moments uh what a breakthrough moment is it's like a moment in your learning journey where you make a breakthrough in your ability to do something right so for example in comedy it might be your breakthrough you have a breakthrough moment where you can successfully crowd work and not be anxious about it right you yep. can just do it without or or you have a breakthrough moment where like um you can go on stage to do an open mic with without anything prepared and you're fine right that's a big riff. moment that's, that's a, a big breakthrough moment so th that's some different ways to set goals and my favorite thing way to use this why why do we why do we set goals in the first place is because you can use your goals as visualization exercises that can motivate you when you don't feel motivated humans have a profound ability to imagine something in the future and use the energy that comes from imagining that to give them mo uh, energy in the present so for example sky i'm sure this is this is half like have you ever been at at home in utrecht in your apartment and then you imagine a future scenario maybe it's like i don't know i don't know if this happens for you anymore but like chocolate at the grocery store if you're if you're really craving it and then that motivates you to actually go to the grocery store and like get the chocolate um well yeah i think that's happened before i mean i do visualizations almost every day like almost every to, day. Yeah, almost every day before I go to bed, I visualize the next day going well. Yeah, like for, yeah. For exactly. Today, for example, yeah. I, I really didn't want to memorize, you know, acting lines. But then I imagined, okay, you're going to be in class. Your teacher gave you this as like a, he's 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 testing you. He gave me like a special yeah. book. He's like, I, I think you're up for this. Prove me right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm. So I was imagining that going well. And then I got a spike of motivation. Yeah. yeah. That's the... That's a great example. Um, and that's the power of visualization there. So I think a really great way to use your reverse goal setting is to motivate yourself when you don't feel like it by visualizing what it feels like, what, what, how, what you're thinking, uh, just as much as senses as you can if you completed one of these goals. And the that's the third step, the reverse goal setting. Now, the the... Fourth step is to go back to that those resources that you were using from that you were like researching in beforehand and figure out which ones are relevant, relevant being the very important word to you in the first step of your learning path, right? What is important for, okay, now I've defined the learning path. I want to go to the first step of it. What goals, what, what resources are relevant right and 
you might you might in order to get more clarity on figuring out which resources are relevant, you need to figure out uh, the gap in where you are to where you want to be in in whatever goal you're aiming for. So you there's a number of things that you can have a gap in, right? There might be a uh, a knowledge gap, like the thing keeping you from that goal is you just don't know enough. Right. And that, and that's what you need to, to get more is more knowledge. The gap might be skill. You might not have the skills to do what you want to do. You might not have the skill of public speaking. Uh, you might, you might be anxious whenever you go up on stage and that's, what's keeping you from being a good comedian rather than that. You don't have the knowledge. You might have a motivation gap. Like you can't even motivate yourself <laughs> to, to do it in the first place. So like, you that's know, all this one. stuff, I think a lot of people that's are a there. huge one, huge. We will have a huge amount of people have a motivation gap. Um, you might have an environment gap. This was a big one for you when you first got into comedy is, is an environment gap is like, okay, you're, you might be motivated. You might have the knowledge, you might have the skills, but like the environment you're in isn't conducive to comedy. Like- one stand-up night every two weeks yeah. somewhere. Every two weeks. It's it's in Dutch, maybe. maybe. Have a way, yeah. 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 Um, and then the last type of gap that you can have is a habit gap. Like, you might not have the habits in order to, to do this. So, for example, um, in exercise, you might not have the habit of, like, healthy eating or healthy sleep in order to help you get towards your exercise goals. Right Mm -hmm. now, it's important to note these are not mutually exclusive. You can have all of them at the same time. You can have some of them. You can have just one of them. Right. But by defining which one of those you have a gap in, you can figure out which of the resources are important for you to actually consume. Right. Because think about it. If you have a motivation gap, then the resources you consume or or the, the, the should be oriented towards helping with that motivation. So. You might want to, you might want to go to a group, you might want to sign up for a group course so that you have accountability to actually practice the techniques. Whereas if you didn't have a motivation gap, you might be more likely to do something that is more like self, self done, right? You can motivate yourself to just go to an open mic and nobody else needs to come with you. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm going to broadly level speaking. Um, I do want to get into the specifics of learning, but you're saying, yeah. okay, we have a person, they want to learn some skill. They know very little to nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And you're outlaying the, the general roadmap, which begins with yeah. number one, what exactly do you want? So you can be yeah. very clear about this. Um, and yes, there was something outside. So you, you get that exact why. So, okay, in three years, you want this. In two weeks, you want this. In a month and a half, in 37 minutes, and 23 seconds, you get very yeah. clear about it. So you know exactly um, the time frame, and that's going to change your plan. Then you, I, I would assume you're saying go on to YouTube or books or ask friends or go through your, yeah. your network or do exactly. anything you can to figure out what does the territory look like? And that was a beautiful example of, you know, imagine going to America and you have this whole plan of, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go kayak down the mountain, <laughs> down the river, and then you show up and it's like sand. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> I, I might have screwed up here. Didn't quite. So yeah, you got to know the territory. And, you know, we gave some real examples with 
you don't know what sense memory or Strasbourg or Stanislavski for acting, or you don't know what a, a setup or a punchline is, or you don't know the rule three. Or, yeah. Um, rent, you get the idea. There's things you don't know because you just don't know. So you need to yeah. do some research beforehand. Then once you've, okay, well, I know my time frame. I know what I want. I'm going to possibly join this course. You, you talked about motivation and okay, we can get yeah. accountability and you gave some, some other options. So once again, books, YouTube videos, um, accountability groups, actual, you know, on-site courses, uh, diploma, if that's your case, but you find some kind of, okay, this is my method for learning the thing. And you also talked about reverse goal setting. So some people, for example, when they learn to code, they're like, oh, okay, well, um, I want to know how to code. So I'll, I guess I'll take a coding course. But with your reverse goal setting, you could be, okay, first, maybe you want to get into Google. Now we have a clear goal because mm, just learning how to yes. code is kind of, a lot of people so have that. Broad. Yeah, it's so kind of broad. broad. Okay, well, you want to work in a website. Do you want to, you know, work in a website company? You want to work in VR? You want to pick broadly, or I mean, specifically, <laughs> what you want yeah. in reverse goal set. So for Google, for example, you can go onto YouTube. Okay, let me see previous people who got into Google and made a YouTube video on how they got in. Boom. Now I can just watch it. <laughs> yeah, now I can just watch that. Okay, I got to learn Python, C, SQL. I got to learn um, some statistics and some math. And then I got to do a bunch of leak code. Okay. I understand. And then you retroactively uh, build a whole timetable. And then, perfect. Okay, great. I feel like, generally speaking, we're on the same page now on how to learn something or get the map of the territory. Uh, there's, and then, only, there's only one step that I didn't say. It's the last okay. one. Okay. And, and that, yeah. that's just, it's very simple. Iterate. Change as you change. Your goal might change. You might realize that there's something you have to do that you didn't expect, right? Which is very important that you don't stick rigidly to your initial plan. That's it. That's the only thing I wanted to add. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so now I'm sitting down and I'm writing my stand-up comedy. How am I going to learn to make this the best stand-up special ever? <laughs> yeah. I'm in my room. I have a notebook and I have the internet. Okay, I think there, the, the best way to attack this would be to handle some of the best learning principles relevant to a learning endeavor like this. So this is not classroom learning, right? It's very different. This is not like direct, uh, this, we're not learning something uh, for the uh, like sake of learning it, like history, right? We're learning a skill. This is very much a skill that we're learning how to be funny on stage. So the way that we learn it is going to be a little different from a purely knowledge-based skill. First thing that I would both? recommend is, yeah, we can explore both, but I'm, I'm first going to apply this to the comedy example, because that's what we've been using throughout sure. this whole thing. Uh, a couple principles that I would say for learning this effectively. First, you should have a project that you can apply your learnings to for any skill-based endeavor. In this case, that project is gonna be open mics because that is the best avenue to apply the things that you're learning about stand-up. And I think from day one, <laughs> I mean, maybe the open mic isn't open on day one, but as soon as possible, you should be trying to get out on an open mic. And if motivation is the problem in this endeavor, then perhaps instead of going up on stage first time because that might produce a ton of anxiety go to an open mic and just watch 
right? That is a, that's the first step. Just go to an open mic and watch, right? You don't even have to go up. Then as just you're- Just go for it. No, just get go on for stage. It. <laughs> just, yeah. No, you're not watching. Just go. I think the only the only fear I have of that is some people. That's how that's how uh, flashball memories are created, where people become averse to like ever doing something again. Is if imagine mm. if it was your first time ever going up on stage, you're terrified of public speaking already, and then you bomb horribly. <laughs> That'll give you fuel. No, that won't that, yeah. give you fuel. That that will yeah, make yeah. you never want to go up again. <laughs> Just run it back. Run it back. Okay, fine. So that, that, take your, take that's your the time first here. step. That's, that's the first. Uh, take your time, Scott. <laughs> that's the first um, recommendation. Is like find consistent open mics that you can go to every week, every other week, and that is your avenue that you're going to apply whatever you learn outside of the stand up to. Right then, I mean, because we're uh, another principle that I would that I would use is try and stay within your Goldilocks zone for learning. The Goldilocks zone is the zone in which you're learning. It, it's just challenging enough that it's in, uh, that it's engaging, but it's not so challenging that it's frustrating. That's the perfect zone to be in. So if you're a beginner stand-up comedian, you probably don't want to be thinking about every single type of joke that you could possibly do and apply every single one of them to your standup, <laughs> right? Yeah. How am I going to get exaggeration? How am I going to do the trip rule of three? How am I going to do uh, this and this and this and this that? Direction. Right? How am I going to do puns? Yeah. How am I going to? That's yeah. a horrible idea. I think what you should do in the beginning, like with any skill you're learning is figure out the, figure out one or two or th- small things that you can work on and focus on that. So let's say, okay, this time I'm going to try and work on misdirection. This and, and I'm also going to add in a rule of three. Then focus on that, right? It could literally be, it, it could even just be like, this time I'm going to focus on writing a full five-minute bit instead of, and it doesn't, and I'm not even going to focus on a type of joke. I'm just going to write a full five minutes and see how that works. And then slowly work up what you're trying to do as you become better at the skill, you want to stay in your Goldilocks zone the entire time, mm-hmm. right? This is, Doesn't, yeah. I cannot emphasize this point enough. This is so important. Deliberate practice is how you become better. Because if you are doing, if you've been doing a skill for a long time, but you haven't been deliberately trying to stay in your Goldilocks zone, like you're just staying in what's comfortable, you're not going to learn, right? You're just going to stay the exact same. This is why the 10,000 hour rule is so stupid, right? Have you ever heard the 10,000 hour rule? Like, oh, if you, it makes no sense because it doesn't account for what the practice actually looks like, right? I can practice, uh, I can practice comedy for 10,000 hours, but if not a single practice session, do I ask, how can I improve? It doesn't matter at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, stay where you're at. Sense? Yeah, and also yeah. like you, you might even be jumping too far ahead. I remember when I first took the stand-up comedy course, like I wasn't ready for an open mic. I was, I, I didn't know how to write a single joke, so yeah. that's where I was at, writing a single joke on paper. 
and then like we, yeah. we wrote 10 jokes and then that was like that's enough bro i'm, I'm good <laughs> like yeah I'm, I'm tired now and then you come yeah. back and then yeah you wouldn't like that's for example as an actor you wouldn't immediately get into a feature film <laughs> and then be like oh no okay I'm, no. I'm ready no you'd start with you know what is a monologue looking up the definition on google yeah so exactly i think there's one other principle i want to share because i think there's so many but these are the most important and that is just in time versus just in case learning just in time learning is learning that you take just in time for you to apply it this would be like in the most extreme case you're you're watching your comedy course about how to do something and directly before you go up for the open mic or something like that but like in in a more normal case it would be like you learn how to do a new type of joke and then that's the next joke you work on for the open mic you go to i feel like you do have very good examples of this in your life like for example Mm -hmm. you will only work on certain aspects of your business when the timing makes sense like with your recent webinar i mean you didn't do that last summer um no there's other examples you have of this but um yeah, like you wouldn't study for an exam in three months. That's, you know, right now. I mean, you might, but yeah, but, um, yeah you would do it yeah. just in case. I mean, I'm, I'm giving examples of me because I know myself better. But, you mm-hmm. know, if the exam's on Friday, then, okay, three days before the exam, now I'm going to do this. If I have a short film, okay, you know, I have to be on set and know these lines. I'm going to memorize these the day before or a couple days before. Yeah. But, yeah, you're doing it just in time. And that forces you to, you know, okay, I got to learn this. I got to learn this. I got to learn this but you're not wasting time learning things that you end up not using. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a, that's a great, great example. And now I'm not saying just in case learning is totally bad, right? I do it literally all the time because I just love learning for the sake of learning. But if you're trying to improve yourself in a skill, generally it's better to do just in case because the application of something helps you learn it more effectively, Right. Like imagine, uh, imagine learning about a, how to do a type of joke in comedy, and you're like, oh, this will be useful five years from now when I, <laughs> when I go up on the stage, you know. But I'll yeah. just read about it now because, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the argument could be made. That's actually it'll 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 broaden your mind. Like, yeah, for example, if you watch the, uh, um, Dave Chappelle, when he he has this one joke where he, he says the punchline. He's like, the punchline is this. Uh, and, yeah, then, and you're still yeah. going to laugh. <laughs> and then, you're, then he tells the joke and you still laugh. Like, yes. I mean, you're not going to be able to do that, but I, I, I think it's worth watching for sure. I wouldn't skip that because well, I got to do it just in time. I mean, I can't because this is just in case. Oh, no, 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 I agree. I agree. I <laughs> yeah. agree. I, I do just in case all the time just for fun. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I understand. Comprehendive. Ekvistam. So those are the three biggest principles for uh, more towards, well, it applies to knowledge, uh, learning about knowledge as well, but specifically skill, skill-based learning as well. Um, what what other questions or direction do you think would be Okay. Well, I think it's pretty clear that you've said, just get out there and do it. Stop thinking about it. Get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, for any endeavor, what's the actionable thing? So with stand-up comedy, um, <laughs> open mics with acting, it could be acting classes, but you know, not an armchair philosopher 
as in you wouldn't just be in your room thinking about the thing. You'd actually be coding. Aiden's doing some strange things with his mouth. Um, and then, yeah, you get the idea. You find an actionable thing, uh, uh, an event where, oh, I'm not going to, you know, I want to be better at running. Let me watch a bunch of, you know, Elliot Kipchoge breaking the car marathon. <laughs> Let me read about running. Yeah. But if you never actually go out and run, then it doesn't make any sense. But I've done that. I've done that. I've watched like, okay, here's how you should learn how to code. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> I'm not going to actually do it. I'll just watch yeah. you do it. I've done this. I've been that guy. Um, yeah. So yeah, and the, yeah, good, valuable. Yes, Aiden, actually do the thing. Thank you for your wisdom. Um, and yes. then now I want to know, I guess the skill-based learning is more intuitive. Just do the skill, iterate, but knowledge-based learning. Let's say I'm reading a book on uh, Greek myths. And I want mm. to understand these, be able to tell them, be able to understand them, get the broad mm. concepts, philosophy. You know, I want to, I want to know this. How would you recommend? I'm sitting down with a book. I have access to a computer or a notebook with a pen. How would you recommend I go about reading this book? It's a great question. My recommendation would be to use secondary sources to help you understand the primary sources. All right. And the reason for this is that when you're trying to learn specifically knowledge-based stuff, it is essential, much more so than in skill-based learning, that you understand the forest before you dive into the trees. All right. So to give you, to give uh, an I need, example. I, need, I, need, I, need a, I, have a, I have an urge to say a quote. Overly yes. focused on the forest, you will miss the tree. Yes. And overly focused on the tree, you will miss the leaf. Something like yeah. that. I think I, I think I got it wrong. Okay, go on. One second. So, I think this will make more sense. A better example than Greek myths for why this is important would apply to history, right? The worst way you could learn history is you dive specifically, very narrowly into uh, something without any context about how it fits into the larger picture, right? Now, if you're motivated to learn about that specific thing already, maybe you have like a cultural heritage to it or something, then then I can see the, the case for that. But if you're just trying to get an understanding of history, that is a horrible way to learn it because you're, you're not going to have anything to attach that to, right? It's just going to completely fade away into the rest of, you're never so going to, it's not going to stick, right? If I learned specifically Spartans took cold showers at this time of day and they wore this <laughs> type of sandal in the Spartan something, I don't know when it happened. I don't know where it happened. I don't know why it happened. I don't know the larger context. You're saying if I were reading history, it might be better to read like Sapiens to get broad level yeah. overview of, okay, exactly. here is human history. Roughly 200,000 years ago, we pop up. Yeah. 30,000 years ago. Okay. 10,000 years ago, Ice Age. Okay. Now I got, you know, I can attach the things that happened to things that happened. I have to say the quote because I got it wrong. Um, yeah. Anyway, so preoccupied with a single leaf, you won't see the tree. Preoccupied with a single tree, you won't see the forest. Oh, that's such a good quote. Yeah. yeah. It gives so, like, goosebumps yeah. when I yeah. hear it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So exactly. Read Sapiens, get the broad level overview, figure out something that interests you specifically. Oh, I love the Mongols. I'm going to dive more into Mongol history. Let me read a broad encapsulation of what the Mongol history is. Okay, now when I read about a specific person, maybe like Genghis Khan, I know that that fits in this part of the Mongol uh, era, and therefore I can I can like bucket it inside of my head. 
right? This is how your brain memorizes stuff. It chunks information together, right? That's actually how, that's, that's what separates experts from beginners. Experts have tons of memory for whatever field they're in chunked together, right? Do you know why chess players are so good? It's, it's, it is because they, they know how to like think through moves really well, but it's also because they just have tons of chunks for all of the chess moves that are good in a certain avenue. And then they just, they just subconsciously can just play them. So that's why in your Greek myth example, that's why it's very important to use a secondary source. Cause what the secondary source will do is it will put that myth in context of what else is important to know. Right. So can you like, elaborate? Like what, what would the second source be about? Yeah. So the second source in this example would, I think the, the most beneficial thing would be like, what is this myth in summary? What are the possible interpretations of it? Um, it might even be interesting to hear what was the time period, what was the period that this myth came out in and how did that influence the messages that were given, right? Because all myths in, in Greek history, they were meant to, they, they weren't just meant to be read for entertainment, even though that is one of the ways you can, you can read them. They were meant to I don't to think push, they're entertainment. No. Yeah, they're not. They're meant to push a point. Like the, the Greek myth of uh, King Midas was meant to show the troubles of being too greedy, right? Yeah. Yep. So understanding the historical context of that and also hearing someone else's interpretations before diving into yourself is going to give you some good scaffolding that you can go off of when you dive into it, right? I think a way to better understand why secondary sources are so, so important is like imagine trying to read Ulysses or like a really, really esoteric fiction Is that work. the Bible? No, oh. Ulysses is... Uh, notoriously one of the most complicated pieces of literature ever like it oh just, i thought it was a, a, a ecclesiastes or a no ecclesia. Oh, okay. no yeah so just diving into it with absolutely no secondary sources i think is a bad idea i think i think you're you're going to come away with interpretations that just make no sense um roger so did that did that make sense Yes. Okay. So I had the book. I have a secondary yeah. book, but you know, there's more to it. I'm just, you know, I could read the pages, read, but am I taking notes? Am I, you know, mm. looking up mm -hmm. stuff? Am I asking questions? Like, what am I doing while I'm reading? Yeah. So I think while, while you're actually reading something for something like knowledge, I think one of the most important questions you have to ask again is what is the goal? right? Why are we learning about this? Because that's going to determine how you actually read it, right? If your goal when you're reading these Greek myths is to get valuable information you can apply to your everyday life, you're not going to believe this. But guess what you should be taking notes on? How to get valuable information that you can apply to your everyday life. I know, it's <laughs> mind-boggling. <laughs> whereas, if, whereas if your goal was you needed to write an essay that summarizes I want to make a character for my short and film and I want to give him a exactly. character flaw. Exactly. Like, I mean, you just answered your own question. Like, like your goal answers how you're going to actually read it, right? If you're, it, it, you take notes you, on what it is that you need to read. Uh, and I think this is, this is another important 
principle specifically uh, for knowledge work is just like in skill learning, I also think having a project associated with your learning is very important in knowledge work uh, and in, uh, in learning about knowledge. Because like, think about how much more you take away from something that you're, uh, from no uh, knowledge that you're consuming if you have like a goal outside of it. Like I'm going to write an essay that combines all of this, these various works into make this argument or I'm looking for a flaw for one of my characters, right? You just consume it more mindfully with more intention compared to if you just go in with zero goal at all. Um, now, that's not to say you always need a goal, right? Imagine if you were like, you need a goal for your fiction reading at all times. No, sometimes you just want to read fiction just to enjoy it, right? Yeah. Um, so did that answer your question? Yeah, basically always have a very clear why. Yeah, that's kind of a resounding message I'm getting from you. You know, yep. don't just learn code to learn code. Have a why, which company. You know, don't just read history to read history. You know, maybe you want to become more well-read. You want to. That's a bad example. Maybe you want to understand mistakes from the past so you won't make the same. That's a more clear goal. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, have a why. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Roger that. Yeah, and and I think the last thing that is very important to note is. Um, you need to having figure out. Where... No, no. The, I, I just mentioned the having a project. Uh, I think it's important to figure out, are you trying to memorize something or are you not trying to memorize something? Like in the Greek myth case, it's pretty obvious you're not explicitly trying to memorize something. Like you're, you're just looking for the messages. I mean, you might, maybe you want to memorize the messages, but like you probably no, you don't want to explicitly do that. Yeah, or retell the story. But you have to differentiate with that because then your learning is going to be different if you're explicitly like trying to memorize a lot of stuff compared to if you're not. Because if you're trying to memorize a lot of stuff, then you're going to go into the realm of like memory techniques where you're talking about like memory monomics and flashcards and major system and memory palaces. And I think that's a whole nother realm that we should not dive into at this point in the podcast. I think the type of knowledge learning that we've been talking about has been more like you are consuming knowledge, not with the intention to memorize a ton of stuff, but with the intention to like grasp what is useful for your project in yep. regards to it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So yes. do you want to summarize everything we've said at this point? Because I think we're... we're Unfortunately, I think we're at a natural conclusion. So I'm going to summarize, yeah. and we don't have really much time to get into the specifics or nuances. Yeah. But essentially, what Aiden has done here is provided a very, very broad level overview of how to learn a subject effectively. And he's, you know, mentioned some things just now about specifically, like, you know, memory palaces, techniques, like these, these various nuanced things. But generally, this podcast has been a broad level overview where you are someone who knows very little about something, you want to learn it. And Aiden said, he's been very clear, have a yeah. very specific goal. Because otherwise, you don't know exactly where you are going. You don't have a north star to kind of, you know, direct your your travels. You need like a compass. Yeah. You need like a you need to, to set your north pole for a matter of. That's how we're going to say this, um, and that'll help you figure out what's actually useful. So um, we we explored an example through the lens of you're someone who's not funny, but you want to have a stand-up comedy special. Well, okay, Aiden talked Whoa, about how man you just need to roasted be our entire audience. God damn. 
Someone, no, no, I'm, you're someone, someone, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Someone, <laughs> you're, you're, you're funny, but you just need to shine. You need to shine like a, yeah, a special, exactly. yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, unleash nice into the world. You need to come out of your cocoon or something. Um, yeah. So you pick your goal, <laughs> then you go to. Uh, I want to make a stand-up comedy special, and that's already much better than I want to be funny because that's very vague. <laughs> so this is already good. Now you have a direction. And then Aiden said that, you know, there's going to be things that I'm going to repeat the quote because it's an awesome quote. There are known knowns. So there's things you know you know. There are unknown. There are known unknowns. So there's things yeah. you, you know that you don't know. Um, so And then there's unknown unknowns. There's things you don't know that you don't know. So you need to go onto YouTube or books or some other, you know, internet place slash physical slash mentor slash find someone or something which can teach you the way. And then you'll know what you're talking about. And then you can know what you have to... I'm, I'm ranting, bro. I'm, I'm so, deep in the, so deep in the rant. I'm so sorry, listen. I'm so sorry. But then you find the, the, the roadmap. And then you go down the road. And then you practice. You do actual concrete things. You don't you know, watch videos on how to code. You code yourself. You don't watch videos on stand-up comedy. You actually go to an, a gig. You do an uh, open mic. Um, you actually read the book. You don't just think about reading the book. You do the thing, basically. Um, and then you iteratively, iteratively improve. So, you know, maybe with reading, for example, you read the book and you just, you know, read the page. But then, you know, a month later, you're taking notes. And then a month after that, you're talking about it with people. And a month, and a month after that, you have like a group of people that you are reading the book together with and you're tackling the ideas. And then a month after that, you're a literature professor. And then who knows? Who knows? You, keep, you Yeah. Iterative improvement. And, um, I mean, honestly, that's kind of broadly what we talked about. Yeah. Just getting yeah, yeah. very concrete, reverse goal setting, actually getting into the meat and the, the heat of things and just, yeah. just getting real, just getting deep. Just getting real deep. Yeah. I, I think everything you said except that last part was needed. And just kind of like, like imagine you are a, a gopher, a groundhog day, and it's the end of winter, and you got to go right oh. back in that hole. Just oh God, stop. Explore around, yeah. So I think the action item for listeners is pick one thing that you've always wanted to learn and go through the tips, principles talked about in the podcast and apply them. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, Actual step. Yep. Good job. Yeah, exactly. Wow. This has been phenomenal. Uh, we hope to see you on the next episode of Kaizen. Hope you learned something. Have a something. rest of your day. <laughs>